Welcome to Queer Longing. A podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for. And living for in our queer community. I'm Lucy Sassel. And I'm Olivia Taylor. And this is Queer Queer Longing Live! (laughs) Um, When we were planning this event, we did get a little bit to click happy on Vistaprint. And um, we did make one slight error. And the error were these hats. Um, We told ourselves that because we have spent £25 on them, that we have to wear them on the live show. So this is us wearing them on the live show. You've all seen it. It I hope you're happy. And now we're going to take them off. (laughs) So um, welcome, welcome to our first ever live Queer Longing podcast show. We're so, so excited to have you join us for this special Pride podcast in partnership with B-Works, as Ruby said. We have got a really great show planned for you tonight. All of the usual Queer Longing classics, but with some very special guests and a few surprises along the way too. That is right. And when we started planning this, we wanted it to be as sort of community-minded and as inclusive as possible. So we've got some great like queer voices, fresh queer voices coming on, not just our own because you might get bored of us. Mm. Um, But uh, we hope you enjoyed the free drinks and the cake and mingling before and um, we are very excited to have you here with us. Exactly. And as most of you know, um, one segment that we always feature on every single episode of the podcast is I Don't Agree With It. Does anyone, is everyone familiar with I Don't Agree With It? Yeah. Okay, brilliant. This is a great start, everybody. And um, that's um, where Lucy and I will talk about something that we absolutely unequivocally do not agree with. But this is Queer Longing Live, and in a special twist on the classic, we'll be asking you, our lovely audience, to submit your own I Don't Agree With It this week. So we'll choose a few people in the audience later to kind of state their case. So make sure that while we're talking to our lovely guests, obviously focus and enjoy that experience, but do have in the back of your mind your very own I Don't Agree With It, because we'll be calling on you to submit those. And whoever is the best, we are the judges, could start a live show. Um, (laughs) you will get a very special prize to be revealed. incredibly special. So get your thinking caps on, as long as they don't look like that. So, (laughs) Um, But for now, let's get on with the show. And Lucy Cecil, what are you living for and longing for this week? I am doing a joint living and longing for this week because it's such a big, special, surprise, exciting week. Sometimes we have to combine our livings and longings because we don't have much time. (laughs) So this week, I'm just living and longing for the Pride Month of Manchester to kick off. There is loads of stuff going on. Obviously, there's stuff happening at B-Works. There's this to kick it off, this very 1st of August. Um, And I'm just going to go through a couple of things that are happening in the city, which are super exciting, and you should definitely have a look at going to. So, for example, we've got Partizan having their very first Pride, um, and they are doing a family-friendly party, along with a protest banner-making workshop. It's very important to remember that Pride is a a protest as well as a party. Uh, Speaking of parties, there is the Love Party happening at the Star and Garter, um, which is on on the Saturday of the main Pride weekend. Um, and that is uh, hosting all of like the best DJs in Manchester, including one that you might be hearing from in a little bit mm. of time. Um, and they uh, host that and raise money for LGBT charities in the meantime. So that is a really good cause to get down and support. Nexus Art Cafe are doing a dry Pride event, which I think is very important that we don't just focus on alcohol during yeah. Pride season. Um, and we are going to Poptastic on the Saturday night of Pride, aren't we? Which is like a Pride revival. Yeah. And you've been t- telling me, I've never been to Poptastic and you've told me to prepare myself. Hands up if any of you went to Pop in your early 20s. Oh my word. That is a lot Stunning. of people. Stunning. So hopefully we'll, <laughs> we'll see you there. <laughs> So yeah, that is what I am living and longing for. Olivia, what are you living and longing for? Well, this week I am living for a new book. I think I've got it um, just over there. And this is um, by Amelia Abraham and it's called Queer Intentions, A Personal Journey Through LGBTQ Plus Culture. And it starts as any good story should start and that is with a breakup. Oh. And uh, (laughs) yeah. Tears Uh, rolling. Tears are rolling. And um, Amelia Abraham is um, a journalist based in London and it starts with her story of when she um, found love in a hopeless place, aka Tinder, and (laughs) decided to leave her whole journalistic career and her friends and everything she knew behind and moved to Iceland where she'd fallen in love with another woman there. Cut to it lasted 10 days, (laughs) five of which were the breakup. 
So it's um, about that. Six of which were going to IKEA. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Got to get those meatballs. Um, but today, the options. Um, she said today, the options and freedoms on offer to LGBTQ plus people living in the West are greater than ever before. But are same-sex marriage, improved media visi- visibility, and corporate endorsement all they're cracked up to be? At what cost does this acceptance come? And who is getting left behind, particularly in parts of the world where LGBTQ plus rights? aren't so advanced so I thought it was very apropos for today Definitely. and it's very funny I would um, recommend this book entirely so yeah it is Queer Intentions by Amelia Abraham and Brilliant. what I'm longing for this week is seeing every single person in Manchester wearing our queer longy badges have you all managed to pick yours up off your seat this being every single person in yeah. Manchester <laughs> yeah so that is what I'm longing for and yes. yeah we're thrilled to be spreading the message far and wide absolutely um, and as we mentioned at the top of the show this is a special pride episode of queer longing and after 50 years of Stonewall sparking the modern LGBTQ rights movement and huge steps forward in international marriage equality and a massive influx of queer identifying cultural figures that are celebrated and cherished amongst queer and non-queer communities alike does the notion of queer pride hold the same context and value that it started with and with pride parades often dominated by large corporate sponsors is it time we took another look at what pride really means to us us and people in 2019. So I wanted to ask you, Lucy, how do you perceive and relate to Pride today? Well, I thought it was probably quite important that we have a bit of a think about how we uh, relate to Pride when uh, this kind of sandwich is around. Mm. So um, <laughs> so we approached the event and we were like, right, it's a Pride special. We're going to want to like talk about our experiences of Pride. And this was like about a month ago. We had a bit of a quick turnaround. And I was like, right. And I went home and I was like, right, what's my, what's my experience of Pride? And I realised I didn't really have one, as it were. I don't have like a straightforward relationship to Pride. Well, not not straightforward at all. But <laughs> um, uh, where I didn't, I didn't. I've said on the podcast before. I was late, a bit of a late bloomer. Didn't come out till my early twenties. Um, I can't eat. I can count on one hand maybe the times I've been to a Pride event and at a Pride event. Um, and I can't really actually pinpoint the first one to my shame. But you know, whatever. It was all a bit of a haze. Um, but uh, what I thought I could do instead was just run through a short little list of uh, moments in my life when I have felt pride to be a queer person. And these are slightly abstract. Uh, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit like a best man's speech to pride. It's sort of some funny stories and then also like maybe get your tissues ready. Does so, this make me the bride because I haven't listened to this yet? Look, Olivia, everyone already thinks we're the bride, so can we not? Can we not? But yes, you're the bride. Okay, yeah, she hasn't listened to it yet, so it is. Yeah, okay. okay. All right, so <clears throat> number one. When I, <laughs> I vividly remember borrowing, or I may have been sort of forced upon me, the L Word DVDs during the first summer of university yeah. by my housemate and bestmate at the time. Very much a rite it's, of passage. And it was very much on brand for her to just like give them to me and be like, take these away, you, you need them. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, And I vividly remember going home and watching them in my parents' house, they're over there, hiya. And I'm just watching them, but like under cover of darkness, no. volume down like an absolute teenager because uh, you know I just am one um, and yeah and I realized a lot of things that summer let's just say uh, secondly uh, who's I, your favorite character by the way uh it's very well if, well if you want to know listen to our L word special <laughs> oh yeah who did you say your favorite I don't know I don't know what's favorite Okay. Do you have a favourite? Um, I think Carmen slash Alice. Okay. Yes, that, that, that's a good pick. Yeah, if, like a good blend. But yeah. ev- everyone wants to be Alice, but not many people are Alice. That's just that's anyway. just like. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so secondly, I vividly remember, and I remember feeling so like proud at this moment. Uh, you will remember this at one of my parties when Let's Have a Kiki came on, and there wasn't really anyone around, and I <laughs> ran to the centre of the dance floor, and I went, "Where are my gays at?" <laughs> <laughs> And you all came flocking out of the woodwork. So, very good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, going back a few years before this, where like I probably should have realised some things a lot younger, but unfortunately I didn't, um, was the first time I ever made my Sims in a same-sex relationship. Mm. <laughs> can, we, can we all please say we, we know what that feels yeah, like? Yeah, you know what of that's like. Of course you do. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think, uh, I felt a thrill then that I couldn't quite place. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I felt very proud when we went to Diva Fest last uh, uh, December. Yes. And went into this room full of like loads and loads of people who just felt 
incredibly safe and free to be themselves. And I couldn't, like, it was one of those feelings of, yes, this exists and it's important this exists. Mm. Similarly, the first time we went to Shit Lesbian Disco, which just happened in Manchester, oh, and yeah. you and I looked at each other and we literally went, shit, this is it. <laughs> we, were like, we were like, this. Shit, lesbian shit, disco. lesbian disco, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was great. Uh, similarly, um, <laughs> this is going to make you laugh. The time when um, there was a guy who was sort of part of your friend's group at uni who kept trying to go out with me. Oh, yeah. 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 And okay. I was really yeah. not doing anything about it, which is my MO. And <laughs> you, you messaged me over the Christmas holidays to be like, look, Lucy, I think you just like maybe need to like let him know what's going on. <laughs> and if emojis had been used a lot then, I think it would have been loads and loads of the eye emojis. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what do you mean? And then um, eventually I uh, did go to the movies with movies. To the movies. With <laughs> we went to the pictures. The flicks. We went to the flicks. We took in a flick. And we went to see Inception, which he had already seen, of course, and um, <laughs> sat through it. And then at the end, I absolutely slated it because I don't think it's very good. And um, he hated that, of course. And I said <laughs> that, I was like, well, I thought Ellen Page was quite good, which eyes emoji, eyes emoji, eyes emoji. So, tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. But anyway, knowing that my friends knew what uh, more than I knew was going on was very important to me in feeling safe and able to come out to people. So that made me feel proud to have friends who were like that. Uh, similarly, uh, the first time that my housemate suggested that off the cuff we just go to the pub when the girl that I fancied at the time was in town and... Uh, he just made me get really pissed. And I was like, why are we pissed? And he's like, oh, do you know what you should do now? You should just uh, invite that girl for a drink. And I was like, okay, yeah. So he supported me through doing that. Um, and I invited for a, her for a drink. That was my first girlfriend, although not actually a drink, a, a wizard's jewel. But we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, that's another podcast. <laughs> Definitely another podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, almost finally, the time after we went to Dempsey's, which is Sheffield's, Premier gay club, mm. um, and yeah, yes. one, one person. Yes. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah, <laughs> That's about right stats-wise. And we spent uh, we had such a wild one that I spent so much time dancing off the side of the cage that for the whole rest of the week afterwards, I could not move my arm from mm. this position. <laughs> it was, yeah. as they say, in pole position. I don't think you can officially say you're part of the queer community unless you've had some kind of dance-related injury. Exactly. And honestly, for a week, I couldn't. I couldn't straighten my arm out. Yeah. It was debilitating, but in the best, most proud way. Um, and finally, uh, and this is where it gets a bit soppy, but uh, just being here with everybody now, being able to be part of something which brings queer voices to the public is uh, like one of the best things I've ever done, and I think it's incredibly important, and I feel very proud to be part of it. And that is now... And here we are doing it. Here we are doing it. Aww. <laughs> um, and on the subject of first time Pride experiences, we would like to welcome our first guest to the stage now. So get ready to do lots of big clapping and whooping and encouraging noises. Um, someone that I shared my very first Pride with. And this is Felix McNulty. Felix is a founding member of Books Beyond Bars, which is a collective of volunteers who send books and other resources to incarcerated LGBTQI a plus people in the UK and they're also a research student in the area of trans health and healthcare and just an absolute hun of life so Felix welcome to the stage <laughs> I realised I realised I just patted that like I was your mum like, or your grandma I'm a little sit down <laughs> yeah thank you oh, yeah. so much for joining us on the live pod it's so great to have you here and as I mentioned just earlier we spent our very first pride together yeah yeah <laughs> cute cute memories cute cute memories and so I remember running into you just in the in the street in the street in the street I think I hugged I, all I can remember is is like hugging your leg right <laughs> yeah and just being like please come and stay with us for pride weekend I yeah. don't know why there was it that it did feel we did not know each other <laughs> at no. all and it's it's one of it's one of those weird things where you sort of look back on your late teens early 20s and you think did I really do that so it, we met you said please come and stay at our house for the whole weekend of pride with Kate who's in the audience there mm -hmm. and um 
obviously we went home and we were like, well, of course we'll do that and we'll call them, at, you know, in the morning, the next day, nine o'clock, and say that we're on our way and we'll spend the next four days together with these complete strangers. And we absolutely did. <laughs> and ten years later, here we are. So it's yeah. uh, a beautiful friendship was born out of that yeah. moment. Um, but obviously, you're not just here to talk about that, yes, are you? Yes. <laughs> so, Felix, if you're ready, when you've had that nice little sop. Can you tell us a little bit more about Books Beyond Bars? Um, yeah, so um, we're relatively young as a project. Um, uh, and I guess the, the main point is, yeah, is sending um, books and um, other educational materials um, to uh, LGBTQ plus people in prison. Um, and a lot of the point of that is to provide people with access to reading materials a of their of their own choosing, but also um, specifically related to aspects of um, LGBTQ plus experience, which are, if they are present in prison libraries, they're often very limited, um, and it's unlikely that people would be able to get access to much of a, a range of um, materials. Um, yeah. So it's it's about meeting um, a need, um, and also providing like a sense of connection to um, communities on the outside where. Um, quite often on the inside people can be, I mean, it's already a kind of profoundly um, isolating um, thing to, to happen and to yeah. experience, to be incarcerated. And then within that, then people who are LGBTQ plus can be um, particularly isolated for lots of reasons. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and victimized and so. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the, the point of it. And yeah. how, how did it kind of come about in the first place? Um, so, kind of through um, other routes of kind of, I mean, more uh, like trans-specific activism and community work. So, um, for me, I was doing um, trans healthcare um, work, community work, and part of that was uh, supporting mainly trans women who uh, were inca incarcerated to access um, funding yeah. to... Um, uh, just to help people access kind of basic gender affirming items. So for some people that was um, just things that they weren't able to to get hold of. Mm -hmm. So I was having contact with people um, and then also meeting other people who were doing similar kinds of work and who like knew of other projects. So through those um, relationships, um, me and some other people were put in touch with a project in the US that's been running for about 10 years. They've sent out like thousands and thousands of, of books um, in that in that time period. Um, and we just had a meeting with them, really, about how they run things, about how they do things, um, and how we could get that started. And then in thinking about it, um, we just were like, that just isn't, it doesn't exist, so we'll just try and do yeah. it. Make yeah, it. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't so. see it, make it. And I know that from what we've talked about and also from sort of researching books beyond bars a little bit, um, that prison abolition is really important to you. Would you mind talking a little bit about that, why it's such an important issue um, in general, but for this organisation? Yeah, for sure. So um, basically the, the work that we do is grounded in um, the principles of prison abolition, which at its most kind of basic um, definition is is kind of working towards and aiming for a society in which um, our response to um, harm or uh, to um, I guess yeah just harm done between people is not the prison system so the aim is um, the end of um, prisons the closure of prisons the development and the building of other ways of responding to um, issues that and kind of um, yeah, interpersonal for, just forms of harm that we find difficult to deal with as a as a society. But also, that's about um, identifying the ways in which uh, particular kind of groups within society, so marginalised groups, um, are often kind of uh, disproportionately represented in prison populations. And so, the prison and how a prison functions to kind of reproduce and strengthen forms of um, societal um, inequality and societal oppression. So it, that's kind of the, the, the basics of it really is to, that, and then the, that's the aim, is to, is to transform that, that way that we, we do things. Yeah. And, and how are you working towards that at the moment? Um, so at the moment, it's very much about uh, forming connections, like say with the people who we're in touch with from the inside. Mm -hmm. So finding out um, about 
what things people actually need yeah um in terms of and then also that building of um community um i think it contributes to breaking down a distance that's created when we kind of uh like se like section people off into um into prisons is that one of the ways it functions is very much to kind of remove these people from our our thoughts and our minds and generally from um from much of people's kind of consideration and so it's, it puts uh, people in communities on the outside back in contact with, and just ha you know, just thinking really, and being, um, I guess, aware of and caring about the well-being of people who are on the inside. Um, and then, I guess, as a collective, then it's about us linking up with with other groups that are doing that are doing things and seeing how we can be building, you know, networks to also try and, and challenge things. So, in terms of concrete action then it's about kind of building networks to try and challenge um, planning proposals for uh, new prisons, mm. for um, like mega prisons really in the UK at the moment. So trying to kind of build uh, infrastructure to, to really challenge and stop those things from happening um, with the aim ultimately of, of shutting that down. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of where... No, great. Sounds really good and a very good cause. And... Um, I guess as an, we had wanted to ask you as an organisation, but also as a queer individual, uh, what does Pride mean to you? As this is a Pride special. Yeah, uh, I had a big think. I, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm always kind of thinking about this, yeah. <laughs> especially in July and August. Um, uh, and I guess that a way to like marry all the different strands of it is that I guess Pride, for me, feels. I think it, the way that it is. It, as a, as a word and as like a concept at this time of year, it feels very much like any given person's like individual pride, like you have pride in yourself and you, you know, you, and it, it almost feels like a weird kind of pressure. Mm. And I guess that in thinking about it, I was, I feel like it's more about when I feel, when I feel proudest is when I, I feel filled up with, um, I don't know, the, the strength and the means with which to, to refuse and to push away from me forms of shame that are that you know that you encounter I think because pride yeah. it, it's more about this like refusal and managing to to push shame away from yourself and feeling that for me is very much about feeling myself in the context of like these networks of people who I know and people who I love who give me the ability to do that and then also beyond that into kind of histories of everyone who ever fought to, you know, to, to make that possible. Yeah. And so pride for me feels like kind of celebrating that and feeling, you know, amazed about the ability of all of us to get ourselves to where we are. And then as part of that, so it's kind of the, the party side should also be about the protest side because celebrating that should be about honoring the histories and the other people who make that possible for you and also um, focusing your energy into the people who, who, for whom that isn't possible. And um, yeah, your celebration should be your, your struggle also. Yeah. So I, I guess that's, that's what it would mean to me in an ideal world. Yeah, absolutely, no, that, that's a great answer. And on that, on that kind of subject, if people are inspired by this and the work that you're doing um, with Books Beyond Bars, how can they get involved? What would the first steps be to kind of volunteering or giving books? How would they do that? So uh, with giving books, um, we can accept those uh, by post. Or if you're in Manchester, um, we have a drop-off point at the King's Arms pub in Salford. Um, so you can just drop box of books off there. I work there part-time, so I will <laughs> collect them. Um, and... Um, uh, postage, I mean, for our main outgoing, really, is um, postage for sending book parcels. Um, obviously, they're not uh, the lightest. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, fundraising and donations are always welcome. All of that goes straight into um, covering postage. We're all volunteers. Um, uh, and there's kind of soon-to-be-released kind of details of how to get involved. So we're looking to start running um, like a weekly drop-in or volunteer kind of slot for a few hours for people who are like I don't have and maybe have a couple of hours and I can help you know file some books or I can find some books or I can yeah some books. micro volunteering yeah so yeah. you drop in you, you drop out um 
because people have different amounts of you know time and, and energy and stuff that they can give but people have also helped out by um donating kind of time and design skills for our t-shirts yeah. yeah. very nice um, <laughs> so with things like that and that obviously people have done that from a distance so uh, there's kind of a, a range of things but those are some Perfect. Okay. Oh, well, thank you so much. And if you do want to get involved with Books Beyond Bars, you can, um, some first steps, follow them at Books Beyond Bars UK. And you can follow Felix at Flex McNulty. And on Twitter, they are at Beyond Bars UK and Facebook at Beyond Bars UK as well. So thank you so much, Felix, thank for you. joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Felix. <laughs> We know that pride is many things to many different people and that it is expressed individually, definitely. But one thing that I think universally brings us together during pride time and just in general is music. Mm, absolutely. Our next guest is, is Rebecca Soiree of Rebecca Never Becky. Um, she is the founder, curator and DJ of Manchester Arts Collective. She puts on some of the best loved LGBT plus centred events across Manchester, platforming established and emerging creatives, DJs and artists, and also works at some of the biggest and best venues across the city. So please give a big warm hand for Rebecca. <laughs> I didn't pat the seat this time. <laughs> Not feeling quite so maternal. Yeah. <laughs> so hi, Rebecca. Uh, it's so great to have you here. Um, so you must have worked on a bunch of sort of pride events over the years or in the past few years. So we're just wondering um, what sort of like music memories stand out for you in terms of pride or pride events that you've worked at or even just events you've worked at. Um, for most of the time of Pride, I've always partied. It's yeah. in the last two years where I've, I've, I've really worked, like beat hosting or DJing. So I'd say memories are probably an essential on the bottom floor, <laughs> on, a, on a Sunday or Saturday of Pride, yeah. just pumping house music and <laughs> tops off. Everyone's just having a good time. <laughs> Not my ghost, it is warm. Like just any old school house music, really. Like okay, that, yeah. That's always a poignant time, always yeah. a poignant memory. Perfect. Was that kind of what you grew up listening to? Um, I'd say yes, old school house, like um, back in the day in the 90s, early 2000s, um, had candy, that kind of thing, that kind of vibe, that was a, that was a party vibe, I've yeah. got a, a massive music taste obviously, but yeah. mm. those, are the, those are the kind of genres that we'd always have good times to, especially over Pride. Amazing. And a big part of what you do, we mentioned it in your introduction, is to platform other emerging mm. creatives, and you also did recently a collaboration with Kiss Me Again, didn't you, for yes. Myth? Yes. Yeah, could you tell us a bit about that? So I was asked to create a Friday night takeover. This was last September, so I had to keep it quite quiet until we could oh, announce wow. it. Okay. So they asked if I could do that, and I said, could I do it as a joint party with another collective that I really admire? Because those guys have been doing parties at Soup Kitchen for like the last three years. Yeah. So they said yes. So it was myself and one of my other resident DJs, Cat Brown Sugar. She's a great Manchester DJ. So we just went back to back and we did a big queer party on Albert Square. It was green themed because each event is themed to coincide with the colours of the flat, the pride flag. Yeah. And yeah, it was just really, really lovely to be able to create something and let my vision come to life. Um, and it was really, really lovely, really great turnout and a really diverse crowd. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Kiss Me Again are very established mm -hmm. in the Manchester community, but I know part of the work that you do is with more emerging artists. Yes. But why is it important for you to be collaborative and be sort of open to doing that with um, other creatives in our city? Just so we can do like mashup events and share our skills and create something that's bespoke because um, a lot of my events are conceptual or immersive because I, I fuse art and music in each event so I feel like it's important to look at all the talent that's in the city and search for that and, and give people those opportunities yeah. especially paid opportunities and anyone that's that's established can be involved but I also I really hone in on people that are trying to get out there and do their own thing I think that's really important to nurture that talent as well is there anyone you'd like to shout out who you're working with or you think is doing some really cool well, stuff at the moment might I'll have the same platform <laughs> as you well I have people within my collective that are really really great artists um there's a couple of um Ruby and Ellis so they're they're part of the collective but they are amazing artists and I have so much respect and time for what they do um and I'm currently working on my November event so I'm on the search for some new um, some new talent as well. Mm, okay. Sounds interesting. Do you have any details about that November event? Where or when? I can't reveal Secret it location? Yeah. It's going to be announced mid-September. Okay, okay. Yeah. We'll look out for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so 
Now our listeners who are in the audience will know that what we do every week is we bring along a track of the week because we love music, we love to bop, so we like to mm. always bring some songs, we put them on all the big playlists for you to listen to. Um, and we thought that what with uh, it being a Pride special, we could all do like a specific Pride song that would be great for celebrating Pride this time of the year and we thought with an actual superstar DJ here we should probably <laughs> let, let, let her like I mean, ha- ha- have the range. You two are a superstar DJ doing that set last week at Partisan. She oh, was really, yeah. Oh, it's, a great, it's great there. It DJ. is great there. It's, it's very good, good. Very good place to DJ. Very fun and actually if you ever do want to get involved in DJing at Partisan you can do it at Friendzone. You just have to sign up and then you're able to have a little turn on the decks yourselves. Which is very fun. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what is your track of the week? Track of pride, as it were. I'm just gonna go to you, see if Bizarre Inc. I'm gonna get you, Do baby. It. Ah, yeah, <laughs> good one. It's a good feel-good track. Yes, so. that is perfect. So yeah. we thought we'd do ours as well. Yeah. What's yours? What is mine? Mine is. So um, I had a long think, and then I realised I was probably overthinking it, trying to like think of an ultimate pride song. But I thought what I would do is just do an actual song that is out at the moment because okay. then it's like a fun one for people to look at. Yeah. So look at. Well, you don't look at songs, but whatever. Um, I have gone for Ritual, which is the new song by Rita Ora. Stunning. Which is so good. <laughs> it's an absolute banger. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just need an absolute banger. Yeah, sometimes and, you do. Uh, <laughs> all the time. And um, it, is, it, it falls under the category of some of my favorite songs, which are like ones that you would like go to a beach party in Ibiza for, and they would absolutely, well, I, I've not been to one, but they would, <laughs> they would, actually, I have once been to that one club, Amnesia, I saw Chase oh. and Status, and all that I remember of it was, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time went for like 12 hours to Ibiza, from, from on a Barcelona holiday, we went to Ibiza for 12 hours, and all I remember of this Chase and Status gig was there was an MC, and he just said every like one second, he went, Chase and Status! <laughs> we're like, and he's like, are you watching Chase on Daytime? We're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah, but, I, can, I, can see, I can see you at a white party. But anyway, yeah, so like... here I am at a white party. Yeah. And I'm putting on Ritual by uh, Redrawer. Uh, I think it's like Tiesto or something like that. Mm. I named another DJ because I couldn't do that before. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the songs that comes in the category of songs that you can shout like the year and summer at, at after it. So you go like, it's summer 2019. And then they play the song. And it's like, what, what, what? And it's one of those songs. Yeah. And it's perfect for partying. And therefore that's why I've chosen it. Yeah, it's interesting that your alter ego is very much a Swedish DJ. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> You've unlocked a new part of yourself tonight. I really, truly have. Yeah. What a journey we've been on. Me and Lucy Pritz. <laughs> so yeah, that is my track of the week. What is yours, Liv? Well, my track, so we've had absolute classic, current bop, and I'm sort of taking it a bit more Tumblr. So um, my my choice is, I was thinking about, obviously this is um, a Pride event and what kind of headspace you might be in maybe if you are a bit younger, if you're not out yet, like you were, you were t- talking about and how you might be sort of wanting to partake in these things but maybe not feeling like you're quite there yet and having a lot of longing mm. because we are queer longing. And this is a very queer longing song yes. and it is I Want to Be Your Girlfriend by Girl in Red. Does mm. anyone know Girl in Red? Or Well, check them out. But anyway, um, she's a really young Norwegian artist and she makes um, songs in her bedroom Aww, and so it's so full of you know just like all of your MySpace feelings oh yeah so um, yeah if you're interested in kind of God. going hearkening back to your teenage mm. self then please listen to that and to think that. about who you were just before you went to your very first Pride yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go back no no no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to do that as we uh, covered at the top so um, yes in regards to Pride we asked Felix the same question but what does Pride mean to you it will always mean that it's a protest, yep. bottom line. So that's the whole thing for me. So And anything else that comes with it, the partying and things like that, that's a, a side. Yeah. But, but it's also amazing. But it's for me, it's fundamentally it's a protest. Yes, yeah. good. Correct. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and just before you go, if people want to get in touch with you, um, Rebecca's socials are rebecca.never.becky um, or mixed stress. And then your Facebook is rebecca.never.becky and Twitter at Rev Never Becky. So thank you so, so thank much you. for joining us. I know parties because they're so good. They are so oh, good. Oh, <laughs> you know what's coming yeah. now. It's time for us to turn. I turn to you. Like a, like a flower <laughs> leaning towards, I don't like agree with it. A moth to a flame. <laughs> it is time for us to come to you for your I don't agree with it. So I hope yeah. you've been thinking. 
And if you have one, please uh, put your hand up because it is time for our very first. We can't. We, we can't do it. Anyway, it's I don't agree with it. So, who has an I don't agree with it that they would be brave enough to share? We do have a roving mic. Is anyone feeling? Uh, come on, yeah. <laughs> okay, you run it down. Please let us know what your I don't agree with it is. <laughs> so my I don't agree with it happened to me on the way here. Uh, I don't agree with paving slabs that look like normal paving slabs. But when you step on them, like an ocean of water. Oh, uh, yeah. And coincidentally, I also don't agree with my choice of footwear today. <laughs> That's a very good, I don't agree with it. And we like that because it's commuter based, which we do like. Mm, we do, we do. We do. I just realised my virus definitions updates come up on the screen, so please ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just drawing your attention to it. But, yeah. Uh, any other, I don't agree with it, please. Oh, there's a prize. Whoever has one. Yeah. We need one more for a competition. Yeah, otherwise, it's just going to this uh, complete stranger. <laughs> oh, we've got one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is actually a bit out of date now. But I think it's just ended. And I'm, I'm sorry, guys, but I don't agree with Love Island. <gasps> <laughs> the room is divided. Tell us, tell us for why. Explain yourself I'm so sorry. to the court. Actually, I Judge Judy. I'm being snobby about this because if they made a queer Love Island, I would watch that. <laughs> so. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, so this is a lot to think about, Lucy. Well, there is. Are there, are there any others before we do, you know, just... Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, making it interesting. Yes. <laughs> Three is the magic number. <laughs> what don't you agree with? Pink umbrellas that say rain is just compressing from the sky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That is perfect. So, give me the mic. This is a personal attack. What? You have an umbrella? Look, so, I, need to, I need to explain. We're going to have to have a meeting after this. I need to explain something, okay? So, so... You don't need to speak into it. Yeah, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. It, it, it's a crutch I'm feeling too exposed. Um, so, the thing is lots of people um one time i was on the tram got off the tram to meet a friend obviously we we're in manchester completely chucking it down so i went into primark to purchase a reasonably priced last minute umbrella um went into primark found the nearest what i thought was just a blank you know flat color pink yeah. umbrella i thought i can have that for four quid that's fine paid for it really late to meet my friend left primark Put it up, and what does it say? <laughs> Said message. The yes. rain is rain like is confetti, confetti from the sky. the sky. And the thing, the thing without, okay. So, so off brand for you. It is. But the thing that you have to know about me and umbrellas is, is that I always, always, always lose them. I've never been able you to do. keep. You do, I do know that. I've never been able to keep an umbrella for more than like four to six months. <laughs> this umbrella, <laughs> this umbrella, it follows me wherever I go. I cannot lose it. I left it at work the other day. It's, it's found its way here. <laughs> it's like a boomerang more than it is an umbrella. And so I don't agree with myself. I should probably give myself the, the prize for not agreeing with myself so much. But yes, yeah, that's, that's the context. So we've got the umbrella issue, which you know I do understand. We've got the very divisive issue of Love Island, and we also have gaslighting pavements. Yeah. <laughs> very difficult choice, but I... I'm going to leave it up to you on this one. leave it up to me. Well, I'm too involved in all this the mess. The main, the main thing that I've just realised is that the prize is still in my bag. So we will do that post, okay. maybe. But I think it has to be, in keeping with I don't agree with it, it being a bit basically stupid, uh, and it should always be a bit stupid, although actually I do feel very strong about this as well, it is going to have to be the umbrella with the confetti is whatever. The umbrella rain is. Uh. <laughs> perfect. She's right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Come, come get your prize at the end. It's a gorgeous mug. Mm. A queer longing branded mug. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm feeling very vulnerable now, everybody. But anyway. It's fine. <laughs>
So thank you so much for getting involved with I Don't Agree With. Yeah, we thank love you. to all not agree with things together. Hmm. I forgot to put the slide up, but these are all the, some of the things that we have not agreed with in the past. Yeah, and I don't agree with it's gone by. Yeah. So try and I work see, out. I can see you with that bag, them shoes and that umbrella. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> so... Right, so it's time, finally, to welcome our last guest of the evening, Caitlin Benedict. Caitlin is a radio producer and podcaster from, in their words, the sweaty ass crack of Australia. But they would like to let you know they're basically British now. Caitlin produced and starred in the acclaimed podcast NB, My Non-Binary Life on BBC Sounds, which documents Caitlin and Amaru Arcadi's personal explorations of gender identity. Please welcome Caitlin to the stage. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? We're doing okay. We've, we've nearly made it to the end. I've been publicly humiliated. Lucy's a superstar DJ. I think it's all going as it was supposed to. Um, so thank you so much for joining us um, on the pod all the way from that there, London. And um, we really appreciate it. It's miles away and my train was cancelled. So. <gasps> really? Was it? Right. I came by... Okay. Your trains. This country, you guys. This country <laughs> and your trains sort it out oh yeah, yeah. tell us about it oh Be- better trains in australia oh no we don't believe in public transport at all <laughs> okay but it's much bigger also we've got your old um train stop from like the 1970s but they've limited the speed that the trains can go between like sydney and melbourne because they're legitimately scared it will scare the cows. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the official reason that they give. Um, wow, okay. So I am complaining about your country because my train got cancelled, but also it only cost me two pounds to get from Liverpool to Manchester. Really? What? Yes. How did you do that? I left at a very unsociable hour. Ah, okay. okay, yeah, 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 that'll do it. Yeah, and have you been enjoying your Northwest experience so far? Yes, I did not realise I was in the Northwest. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This good start. Yeah. You're an educational podcast as yes. well. So yeah. It's every the second day, so. day I've ever spent in Manchester. Um, and really embarrassingly, I have to admit that Manchester for me is uh, a amalgam of Smith's lyrics. And every time I walk past <laughs> something, I'm like, oh, that's in the song. <laughs> <laughs> Which is becoming more and more embarrassing every time. Yeah, Morrison it's good. Yeah, it's good to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, so we haven't just brought you on the podcast to talk about cows, although that's great as well. But um, <laughs> we wanted to talk to you, obviously, about your amazing podcast, NB. Um, we absolutely loved it and um, we talked about it on the podcast quite a lot before. And so it's great to have you here talking about it. And we just wanted to kind of see if you could talk a little bit about how it came to be in the first place. It came to be because I wanted to do something about gender identity at work. So I work for Radio 4, which uh, has an interesting uh, relationship with youth culture. Um, And Mm -hmm. they started uh, developing their own podcasts as part of like the BBC's new sound strategy. Uh, So (laughs) I uh, I pitched something and usually it would take absolutely ages for them to decide to make it. And they would go, oh, we need to do this and we need to do this and we need to do this. And it would die under a pile of bureaucratic rubble. But I was like, oh, well, I am going home and I could record an interview with my dad in like mm, six weeks. And they were like, great, let's just do it then. Um, And so I got to make this beautiful series um, where I just took a non-binary friend on my journey of trying to ask and answer or not answer all of the questions that you kind of have about your gender identity when you start questioning it or decide to talk about having been questioning it and um, just talked to lots of really cool people. Yeah. Really cool people. Yeah, loads of good. It's a really great <laughs> series. If you haven't listened to it, definitely do. Um, so it's quite a personal piece of work, obviously. Yeah. Um, so was it, were, did you face any challenges in like deciding what to talk about or like how you're going to go about talking about things? Obviously, like you said, you had an interview with your dad. Like, how did you go about deciding to do that and asking them, etc.? Well... You know, there's there's important. Uh, you know, it, you have to take care of yourself first. But at the same time, I feel like uh, when you're a in a very stable job, when you're being given the opportunity to make a series like this, you've got to recognise that you're definitely one of the lucky ones. And even though we can't demand things of each other as a community, I was really comfortable to demand it of myself to just like mm. put everything out there. 
Um, and it turns out that my dad and I are both massive oversharers. So <laughs> <laughs> it ended up not being as traumatic as it might have been. I have to say, your dad was the true star oh my God, of the don't podcast. Don't <laughs> saying things like that because head is so large. <laughs> my dad looks like if Danny DeVito and Stanley Tucci <laughs> sort of got married, had a baby, but then that baby was... Uh, raised by the rhinoceros aliens from Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say the, the rhino from James and the Giant Peach. Oh, no, that's too scary. Very scary that's rhino. Too scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know the ones that are like... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> just, for the just for a bit of yeah. digital it's an audio platform. Yeah. Does he have Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. At Rhino Dad? And yeah. he will absolutely <laughs> accept your follow request. Yes. Yeah. Days ahead of that blue tick, I'm sure. Um, obviously, this episode is a Pride special, as we keep saying, and um, a question that we've asked our other guests, and we'll now ask of you, what does Pride mean to you? Well, I, for me... Pride kind of has to be about solidarity. I think maybe the rest of the year we get more comfortable with uh, arguing with each other, with debating each other, with confronting each other and um, questioning and developing uh, a very robust discussion within the community about what we are, what we stand for, um, and what our different aims and our different demands of society at large are. I think Pride's the time that we come together and kind of present a united front and that makes it a protest and that makes it a party. And I think that's the really exciting thing about what Pride has become. I mean, I remember I used to go to Mardi Gras in Sydney when I was a teenager and I remember always finding it so exciting that there were different people who I related to, who didn't necessarily relate to each other. And that was something that meant a lot to me. Um, and also the leather mask people. <laughs> Very educational. Very important. Yeah. Solidarity and leather. Solidarity yes. and leather. <laughs> Very important. That's the hashtag of this event, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, can you tell us about any future projects you're working on? And similarly, as it's something that we do ask on our podcast sometimes, what are you longing for? Maybe in your own personal career, or maybe just in general. Well, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the next thing is. Okay. Um, but it's it's going to be some kind of extension of what we did with NB. Um, we're trying to figure out exactly what that is right now and exactly when we can do it um, but there, there will be a lot more coming out of our um, like BBC corner of the world around LGBT stuff and I have faith for the first time in a long time that it will be made by the people who have a stake in it and I think that's exciting definitely yeah. um, and important yeah, really yeah, important. Really important. To get that right. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, ah, oh, well, I saw a really amazing exhibition. I was in Liverpool yesterday and uh, I saw the Keith Haring exhibition. Oh, amazing. And it was so, so brilliant. So I'm kind of now uh, longing for an, a deeper delve into that New York scene and um, looking at ACT UP and our kind of queer elders and that kind of period of queer history. So that is that is what I'm jumping into next. Definitely. Perfect. Great answer. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us. And you can follow Caitlin uh, at Caitlin Benny, both on Instagram and Twitter. And, yeah, listen to MB if you haven't. Really, really good. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Caitlin. <laughs> Thank you so much to Caitlin and to all of our guests this evening. We're nearing the end of the show now, but there's one very special segment of the evening left. We love it. You love it. It couldn't be anything else because it's time for... 
Celine watch! <laughs> I, did, I did it wrong. Here she is! In all of her glory. Yeah. This is what goes through our heads when we do Celine watch every week, and now you can see it visually yeah. for the first time. Please pay like particular note to this. Don't really know what's going on. We don't on. know. But she's being taken care of, which is great. It is struggling with this, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> right. So we thought for this, this the Pride special, uh, that we would do a little run-through of what Celine has to be proud of mm. uh, as, uh, you know... Herself. I mean, basically everything, but, you know, we thought we'd narrow it down to Just a few highlights. Yes. So, first and foremost, Celine came to prominence when she won the 1988 Eurovision Song Contest. I didn't actually know no, that. No, me neither, until I did this. Yeah. <laughs> she was representing Switzerland. Why not? Yeah, fun fact. Neutral ground. And uh, she... Oh, well, that's not good news. But, but <laughs> let's let's uh, well, let's go through this. Um, but she represented Switzerland, and um, she uh, yeah she won. So amazing. That's how she sort of first came to be. Right. So very proud. Mm, that is very good. And um, also, she recorded what must be one of the most well-known lead songs on a film soundtrack. My heart will go on. Re Titanic, and it's actually one of the best-selling singles of all time with over 18 million sales. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I know. Honestly, what more could you want? Um, she's the in, in a similar vein. She's the best-selling Canadian artist of all time, which must make your Canadian bud very proud. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> You're happy to go over to Canada next week and just. Sing for Celine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Next. Um, <laughs> yes. Artists such as Rihanna, Frank Ocean, Ariana Grande, and JoJo. <laughs> yes, JoJo have all listed Celine as one of their major influences. Plus, it gets better. Timbaland himself said of our queen, Celine has such a beautiful, mesmerizing voice. She is so talented. I think we could create something that is a classic like she is already. Oh, cute from Timbaland. Who wouldn't want that from Timbaland? Cute from, cute from Timbaland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she sang with Miss Piggy on Muppets Most Wanted with the tune of Something So Right, singing on the night before Kermit and Miss Piggy got married. Um, I mean... Come on, what a dream. What a, what dream. a dream. Hopefully one day we can sing on Muppets. <laughs> Who would you want to sing with? Um, out of the Muppets? Yeah. Maybe Beaker. Absolutely, that's my answer too. Yeah. So great, done. Okay. Good. <laughs> I think we should end it on that one because yeah, that's, absolutely, that's the perfect one yeah, to end. Time to, time to end. Um, yeah, it so is. on that note, we have come to the end of what we hope will be the first of many Queer Longing Lives. Um, we've had the best time sharing the evening with you. Thank you to all of our guests. Thank you to the B-Works for all their support. Couldn't have done it without them. And thank you mainly to all of you for coming because it's unreal to actually see this many people in a room and stand up in front of you. Well, I'll sit in front of you. Yeah, um, sort of lean awkwardly yeah, on these it, it's odd. long we chairs. Couldn't, could not have imagined this, so thank you so much. Um, and to Ruby as well, who is the events coordinator here at the B-Works, who really put all this together. So thank you so much thank for you, your support. Ruby. Um, and yeah, so thank you all for coming. Yeah, I really don't think we ever dreamed that we'd get to do anything like this six months ago where we sat together in home cinema restaurant after quite a few glasses of wine and drunkenly swore to finally make that podcast, like a podcast. that we'd always <laughs> talked about, you know, like that conversation you have, but we've actually done it and here we are. We're so thrilled and we just hope that we can do this again very soon. But until then, we'll be... Loving, loving you, you, leaving you, you and longing, longing for you. you. Until, Until next, next time. time. Bye. Bye.